and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of God's people there in the land. Does anyone remember this house, this temple, in its former glory, its former splendor? How, in comparison, does it look to you now? It must seem like, like nothing at all. But now the Lord says, Be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land. And now get to work, for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So, do not be afraid. For this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. In just a little while I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, I have spoken. Have you ever tried to make a copy of something and failed spectacularly? My most famous example of this in the church is when Steve started the men's shed and we were making cheese boards and I had this beautiful idea of a cheese board and I just needed to round the corner a little bit and so I rounded all oh, and too far so I just needed to round the other corner to make it all oh, too far so I just had to round the other corner and instead of having a beautiful cheese board like Steve had made I ended up with a board for a cheesy <laughs> that you can put a key, on a key ring maybe you've done something similar maybe you've, you've, uh, you've made a cake and it looks in your mind exactly like the picture but in real life it looks like something entirely different. It can be quite demoralizing when our attempts just don't seem good enough. It can be demoralizing when we think that ourselves and even worse when other people come and look at what we've done and they go, oh, What was this that you were trying to do? And the Israelites at this time were slightly demoralized as they started to rebuild the temple of God. And us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we can also go through times of feeling demoralized in our journey with God. Last week, uh, we started looking at Haggai, at the prophet Haggai, and how he called the people of God to put God first, to prioritize God in their lives. And, and they actually set about doing that. They, they had waited 20 years, they had all these nice houses that they were living in, God's temple was in ruins, and so God said, you know, you've got you to put me first. Why, why, are you, why are you just focusing on your own pleasures, and why not rebuild my temple? And, and God says, you've got to put me first. And so they did, and they, their enthusiasm was sparked, and they start rebuilding this temple of God, which had been destroyed by the Babylonians in 587 BC. This was the place that represented God with them. 
this was the place that spoke of them being the people of God. This is, this is the place where they went to worship God and celebrate Him. It was in ruins and now they were rebuilding it. It was going to be amazing and incredible. And Haggai had a second word for them and said, uh, you know, God's, God's, got, God's got you, God's with you in this. And the third word that Haggai brings from God comes about a month after they've started the work. It probably wasn't a full month. Uh, it was one of those months that were really busy. So you've got the regular Sabbaths where they couldn't have worked. And then you had on the, uh, you had the, the Feast of Trumpets in that month and you also had the Day of Atonement in the seventh month. And on the 15th day of the month, the Festival of Shelters would start. And that's a seven-day festival where they're not working. Now, some of you might go, oh, we've just heard about the Festival of Shelters. Isn't that where Jesus stood up and said, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me. And then on the last day of the festival, isn't that when Jesus stood up and said, come to me and, and you will get the light of life and you won't have to stumble around in the darkness anymore. This is the same festival. A few hundred years prior to that, previous to that. And I read out to you the, the day in the Jewish calendar there, the original Hebrew, because it says there it's the 21st day of the seventh month. Now, if your maths is any good, 15 plus 7 is 21. So it means Haggai is standing up to... It's not, it's 22. Anyway, at the end of this festival, it tells you, I did maths at university, by the way. At the end of this festival, Haggai is standing up to give a message from God. Now the festival of, of tabernacles, the festival of shelters, um, is a festival to remember how God had led His people through the Exodus. How God had guided them, how God was with them. They were a ragtag bunch of escaped slaves. And God had brought them out and God had made them into a great nation. And so on this day of the festival, Haggai gets up and he speaks to the governor and he speaks to the high priest and he speaks to all of the people. And they were busy rebuilding this month already the, the temple of God to honor him, to worship him. But as I said already, there is a bitter taste in their mouths from doing it. It wasn't that they didn't want to rebuild the temple. It just, it seemed pathetic. It seemed nothing, especially compared to the last temple. Solomon's temple, which was the last one, had stood for hundreds of years. He had professional craftsmen working on it. He had imported fine wood. He had covered the walls in and out with gold. It's not quite my style, but, but it was impressive. The kingdom of Israel was at its height under the rule of Solomon. He could afford all of this. In fact, he could raise taxes. He could, he could employ conscription to rebuild this temple. The people in Haggai's day, on the other hand, they are operating in the midst of a financial crisis, at least a financial downturn. They're volunteers. They are living under the rule of the Persians. They're not even in their own kingdom anymore. They don't have the resources. They don't have the manpower. They don't have the finances. They don't have the political clout of Solomon. And as they look at their work, it just 
seems like nothing. Have you ever felt that way about what you do for God? I'm just an ordinary I'm not like the missionaries who they're, they're real Christians. Some people have the gift of evangelism and when I try my, my tongue gets all I don't know what, what to say. I show God's love to my friends and family but, but Joe blogs over there he just does it so much better than I. Why would God be at all impressed with what I've done? Oh, the real Christians uh, they 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 preach or they speak in tongues or they, they have the gift of healing. I'm just an ordinary yeah, waste of space, aren't I? Jesus cast out demons and healed the sick and and so did his apprentices, his apostles, and maybe there's something wrong with me. I trust Jesus and I read my Bible but I don't seem to hear him the way that other people do. Maybe maybe I'm a nothing. Or what about we take it away from us a little bit? What about the church? The church used to have a huge role in society. We we spoke into ethics. We we we, we played a part in how our community was, but these days the church is a joke. People aren't interested in what the church thinks. The church used to be amazing, but our church these days, what's the point? Or what about local churches? We can sometimes compare ourselves to other churches. Uh, look at that incredible church over there. They've got a five-story building with 15 pastors and 73 programs, and they have got musicians all who have record label deals and they're just, in, I mean, our musicians are amazing as well. Can I just say that? Anna Marie, where is out in kids' church. Look at that. She's even out at kids' church. I love our church. Our church is amazing. But do you not sometimes go, wouldn't it be amazing if we were a bit more like that? If we had a building of our own, if we had XYZ. Of course, nobody ever says this stuff in public. Nobody ever says this out loud. Because you don't admit to the fact that you're slightly disappointed. But God comes around and says, Yep, let's just bring it out into the open. I'm going to tell you what you're feeling. You're feeling like this, Israelites. You're feeling disappointed. You're feeling disillusioned. And God doesn't start with a whip and go, just work harder, make it better. You've got you to be like the best that there is, and if you don't, I'm going to just whip you. God's not like that. God comes to them and says to them, basically, um, there's one thing you've forgotten. Now remember, Haggai is speaking on the last day of the Festival of Shelters. They've, they've, they've spent time remembering how God has been with them in the Exodus, how God has guided them and looked after them and provided for them. And, and how God has been their God, how God covenanted with them, made an agreement with them, 
And God comes to them now through Haggai and says, I am still your God and I am still with you. I am committed to you. I don't go back on my word. You know, what you're doing now as you rebuild this temple might seem like something really small, might seem insignificant, it might seem not as good as what it could have been, not as good as what it would have been. But you're not seeing the big picture and you're not seeing my future. God is saying, I'm with you. And God is still saying that to us today. He is using you and I to grow His kingdom. He is using you and I as His ambassadors. You are just an ordinary Christian, but you are a Christian with God with you. We might not be a mega church, but we are God's church. God is here. He is using you as his representative to your friends and your family and your colleagues. And you might not think that you're not good enough for that. And quite frankly, none of us are. But it's not the point because God is with us. Jesus is with you. And where God is, incredible things can happen. There is nothing that God cannot do. You know, sometimes we look at things and we go, if only it was a bit more like that. Or if only I was a bit more like that. Or if only this, or if only that. Or, ah, it's not quite as good as it could have been or should have been. And God says, have you forgotten that I am with you? And that where I am, my kingdom will come. And there will be incredibleness like you have never incredibly seen before. The people in Haggai's day were not looking in the right direction. They were looking backwards. They were looking back to the glory days of old. And we can do the same thing. We can look back to the glory days of old. Or we can look sideways to glory all around us. But we forget that the place to look is not backwards. The place to look is not sideways. The place to look is forwards to what God is doing. And we can look forwards because God is with us, leading us in that direction. God looks at, at, at these people, He speaks to them and He says, uh, one of these days soon, you, you think this is so pathetic and all of that, I'm with you. And one of these days soon, I'm going to shake the nations. I'm going to shake them all up and everything that is of value is going to come into my kingdom. The gold is mine, the silver is mine. You, you, you're worried about how it looks. You think it's not impressive. Everything of value is mine, says God, and it will come into my temple and I will be glorified and I will be honored. That is what we are looking forward to. You know, they might have looked at their work and gone, this is pathetic, this is so poor, this is no good. And God looks at it instead and says, I see what you're doing, and I'm going to take that, and you're going to be surprised with how amazing it's going to be, because I am at work. And God looks at us, and we might go, oh, I'm not a good Christian. God looks at us and goes, wow, you're going to be amazing, what's going to happen? You're going to be, you're going to be a ruling the earth with me. You're going to be my ambassador to these people. We look at our church and we go, it's a small church. God says, wow, it's a small church, but it's my church. And imagine what I'm going to do. I'm going to reach people. I'm going to save people from death through this church. And one day this church is going to stand tall with all the rest of God's people as we, as we say, holy is God. And the new creation. God will be honored to the utmost. Now please, don't get me wrong. I think our church is incredible. I think our church is amazing. But we are a small church. 
You might watch TV in the mornings and see those wonderful pastors who preach to mega churches. All the best to them. Because at the end of the day, they and I and you will all be standing in the presence of God. And it is going to be amazing. One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord and there will be peace. There will be the peace of God with us. There will be Jesus with us. So when you get disillusioned, when you think, oh, I'm not a good enough Christian, when you think, if only, I think Haggai's challenge to us, God's challenge to us, is to stop looking at the past, stop looking around us, and to fix our eyes on the prize set before us, to fix our eyes on Jesus. Because He is coming back when He does. Boy, it's going to be amazing. So amazing. So what we're going to do now, we're going to have a little bit of discussion time. Wayne, can you put those discussion questions up? Uh, for those of you who are new, what we do is we get into groups of about five, uh, and just for COVID reasons, we do need to space out, and so five is about the max we can do. Uh, five, maybe six people, and we just talk together about these questions. Have you ever felt like your work or the church just isn't good enough for God? Uh, if you have never felt that, um, well done. I'm not sure I believe you. Um, but why? What difference does looking forward to Jesus' return make? So we're going to break into groups uh, just for five or six minutes. I'm going to go uh, outside with the people on Zoom and talk to them and then we will finish with a prayer.